0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's get on to something else, although it is related, because when we talk about money and we talk about interest rates and we talk about where we are financially in Canada, it is significantly important that we keep our eye on the ball. It was widely expected the Bank of Canada would increase interest rates this past week. However the BOC, held steady for now. Why? And for how long? Not for long, according to projections by RBC. RBC expects the Bank of Canada to begin raising interest rates shortly. And to join us and talk about this, Craig Wright is Senior Vice President and Chief Economist at RBC. Mr. Wright, how are you? I'm well, Roy. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Uh, An interest rate hike from the bank was expected this past week, but it didn't happen. Were you surprised?
1: Actually, we weren't. I mean, it was a close call, but we were one of the small in the small group of people that were expecting to hold rates uh, steady. We thought it's really not an urgency to be going in January, though. It, we do expect them to move uh, very soon, as uh, inflation is still a worry, and there's so there's lots of other factors. But I think at the at the end of the day. A clear line is set on what the first quarter growth rate looks like, given the latest wave of COVID, um, a view on what the Fed will be doing, U.S. Central Bank, which also had an announcement on the same day on Wednesday as the Bank of Canada. And really, that the, the next meeting is five weeks away, so it's not too long to wait from an interest rate perspective. And over that five-week period, we'll have lots of information to uh, to distill.
0: Okay, that's good. Because, well, no, we're in one of those times where Canadians, I think, are paying so close attention, more than usual, to what the Bank of Canada does because it's reflected on what you do, what the major banks do, and then it affects all of us because you know there's so much pressure on housing these days. Are there implications of, uh, uh, accepting what you just told me, are there implications of the no-interest rate hike at this time which we might have to deal with? Well, no, I mean, I think... The Bank of Canada, Governor Macam, was pretty clear that
1: they decided not to go in January, but they, I think they would even admit it was a very close call for the governing council. But they gave clear indication that they're moving, and in all likelihood, we'll see a move with them uh, early March. So it's just really giving everybody a heads-up to get ready for a rise in interest rates, which I don't think anybody was surprised because no. interest rates are at 25 basis points. They're at a record low. So when you get a record low, there's only one way to go, and that, and that's higher. And so I think a little time for people to adjust and get ready for the rising rates, rather than surprise Canadians, uh, surprise markets, and probably contribute to a stronger Canadian dollar than we need right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have expectations about where the interest rate will go?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good part of what we, uh, our job. So we do have interest rates going higher. Um, I think we, right now we've got an April move, but uh, we'll be having a new forecast uh, next week, and I think it'll be a pretty close debate whether they wait till April or go to March. And I can tell you where my vote will be, and that'll be to uh, to move in March. So we'll see where we settle. But it does. I wouldn't get so excited about you know when they start. It, it's imminent, whether it's March or April. I think that more interesting uh, question is how high will they go? Yeah, well, that's what that I, that's fast. what
0: I, that's what I was asking you. What, yeah, what, what so numbers we, are you expecting?
1: Yeah, so in the next year and a half, we have the Bank of Canada getting the overnight rate to 175. So compared to 25 basis points today, that's 150 basis points higher over a course of a year and a half. It's not going to be a straight line. They'll probably move a few times and pause and see how the economy reacts and then move a few. Um, But a rise in rates, and that just gets us back to pre-COVID levels at 175 on the overnight rate.
0: Where's the greatest impact going to be on the Canadian economy uh, of rising interest rates? Housing? Uh,
1: Yeah, housing... Specifically, but the consumer more generally.
0: Um, So, yeah, when
1: you when you look at the impact, the most interest rate sensitive sector of the economy is housing, and as we know, it's had a a long and strong run. Uh, I think there's still good momentum over the near term. The inventories are record low, demand's very strong, and supply is still trying to catch up. So, great momentum over the near term. But as we go forward, we've seen prices rise as interest rates rise. That makes housing affordability more of a challenge, and with that, we'll see a cooling. But we don't think a collapsing in the housing market, and obviously the consumer um, will feel some of that that burden, so we'll see a, a softer consumer outlook going forward, but just a moderate cooling in the housing markets. our base case.
0: Um, StatsCan is saying that our inflation rate is 4.8%. Uh, how significant a concern is there about the length of the inflationary trend Do you have concerns it may continue? Because initially what I'd heard was it's going to be a short run. It's turned out not to be that. Um, How do you project how long inflation may still continue?
1: Yeah, it's a key question, Roy. And I think it's the first time in 40 years that we've actually had a legitimate concern in Canada about inflation. So, yes, uh, uh, 4-8 in December. I think when we look at it, people were. When we first saw inflation drift higher, there was discussion about transitory versus permanent. But regardless of your view, it's out, it's lasted longer than anybody had expected. So over the near term, we see it continue to be strong. So first, maybe second quarter. And then as we go forward, we see it um, coming down a bit, and that reflects a slower growth profile in part because of rising rates. But also we think uh, oil prices level out and uh, some of the supply chain pressures we've seen. Uh, should moderate towards the end of the, the year. And we've also got a favorable base effect. So we saw big price declines during COVID. Now we're seeing price increases, and that just pushes the headline rate up. And by our estimate, that's about 2% of the four eight. So lower inflation as we go forward, but not until the, probably the second half of the year gets a little more convincing.
0: Okay. Are there factors at play nationally, internationally, which make economic projections a greater challenge now than in recent history, certainly pre-COVID times?
1: Yeah, um, obviously, I think the, the most obvious of the risks right now in the context of worry about inflation is energy prices and oil prices in particular. And there, there's some longer term transit, longer term impacts from the energy transitions taking place around the globe, but more acute pressure, obviously, given what's going on in geopolitical world uh, with uh, developments in the Ukraine and Russia. And, and that uncertainty has contributed to energy prices rising higher and, and probably staying higher, which works against that eventual decline in inflation if they stay at these elevated levels or that situation gets even worse. So that's sort of front and center right now for the, from a, a
0: worry work, worry perspective. Yeah, we live in a fractious world, do we not? Um, so, so if we take that into account and we move that uh, somewhere close to the front of the table, where's your focus as chief economist of RBC? Um, I think it's it's questions
1: like these that we're getting asked and trying to help uh, clients uh, moder- sort of navigate through this uh, level of uncertainty. And when you look at the economic environment, I think uncertainty is the only uh, given in the, the year ahead. So we're looking at the economy from very strong rebound of COVID leveling off and cooling down, inflation elevated and hopefully slowing, interest rates moving from zero to something higher. And at these turning points in the economy, you see immense amounts of volatility, and we've only had a taste of that with financial markets. So continued volatility and, and uh, lots of risks with respect to whether inflation will slow, whether growth will moderate, or something more uh, more acute in terms of pressure. So lots to worry about right now, but uh, overall, I think the fundamental. For the Canadian economy still look pretty solid and we continue to expect a decent year through twenty twenty two
0: even with five hundred and forty billion in uh, deficit spending over the last couple of years
1: yeah yeah we'll get an update on that obviously we'd like to see less um, and you know, the projections for the fiscal deficit at the federal level is uh to see a smaller deficit, but you know, last year was just under 350 billion. This year, just under 150 billion. They,
0: they used to be huge numbers for
1: context. <laughs> 20 so, billion used to, to be a huge number. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think in a five-year horizon, they actually have another 20 in there. I think that's just to show they have a sense of humor. But we do see <laughs> um, that deficit working lower. A lot of the support programs, the government support programs. We're dependent on the evolution of COVID and, and when the economy could uh, withstand uh, the pullback there. And I think when you look at the support the government's put in the economy, the consumer sector on average is actually in better shape than they were pre-COVID because we have seen massive accumulation savings. And by our calculations, it's $300 billion. So that's a, a pretty powerful tailwind for the consumer. Um, as we move forward, an environment where the job market's very strong. So we'd like to see smaller deficits. We'd like to see that debt level um, level off relative to GDP. And the, the real, the really, the only solution is uh, rein in government spending and have a strong growth in the economy, and that makes these debt and deficit levels a little more sustainable.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts,